Welcome to the Three Tomatoes Happy Hour, and we do love happy hour and the clinking of glasses and cheers to all you fabulous women who are fully living your lives at every age and every stage. And here's the best news, every hour is happy hour. So whether you clink cheers with your coffee mug or your afternoon cappuccino, remember as the song says, it's five o'clock somewhere. Join us for some grown-up fun, interesting and stimulating conversations that will motivate, inspire, or just make you laugh. And for more grown-up fun, visit our website, The Three Tomatoes, and the three is spelled out, and sign up for our newsletters. Now sit back and relax and enjoy the episode. If you're wondering why we're playing the theme song from MASH today, well, you are in for a treat. I'm Cheryl Benton, host of this episode of the Three Tomatoes Happy Hour, and our guest is Loretta Swift, who played the iconic Margaret Hot Lips Houlihan on MASH, which is without a doubt one of the best TV series ever. Loretta was on the show from the pilot episode in 1972 to the final episode in 1983. She was nominated for 10 Emmys for her role and won two. I think she should have won all 10. So while you know her as an incredible actress, what you may not know about Loretta Swit is that she is also an accomplished artist and an animal rights activist. She has an incredibly beautiful book called Sweetheart that features her extraordinary watercolors and stories of some of the animals she has come to know up close and personal. And the proceeds from the book go to her nonprofit, Sweetheart Animal Alliance, which donates funds to various animal rights groups. So, Loretta, welcome. It's such an honor and a privilege to have you on our podcast. Well, thank you. And that was a, a lovely, breathtaking introduction. <laughs> I, I, sure, I sure do appreciate that. I have a couple of fill-ins. I have a I, I'm anxious to bring you up to date, obviously, because um, the um, animal issues are, are many of them very crucial. And I uh, want to talk about the successes and the needs. And um, uh, for example, um, just this weekend, uh, we found out that we're able to bring back nine battle dogs from Kuwait. And oh. this, this is a coup. This is an absolute coup. And I also wanted to point out that while I do help some needy um, organizations who phone in or who, who you know, or, or I've helped over the years, uh, uh, but uh, mainly I have now partnered with, uh, it's um, PPH, it's, per, it's PAWS, P-A-W-S, for Purple Hearts, uh, who do... Uh, you know, in conjunction with what I do, we're, it's a great marriage, let me put it that way. Oh, we have, this is uh, wonderful. Yeah, and we're in conjunction with Mission Project K-9, uh, Mission Re Rescue, excuse me, Mission Rescue K-9, who are, in fact, uh, the uh, leading points there uh, in Kuwait. And um, uh, I'm getting ready to do the... Um, the parade in Phoenix, the, um, uh, God, the military parade, the, what, what, blah, 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 I'm losing words. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, well, I'll be marching with the battle dogs and the uh, service dogs. 
And so um, this this weekend it was joyous. Everything was sort of coming together. And uh, the most important thing <clears throat> is for people to have information. If they have information, they act on it. People are so essentially caring and good. I do believe that. And um, well, I'm banking on it. <laughs> you know, I, I'm betting on it and I trust it. I, but I do believe having been uh, here in New York City uh, at 9-11 and working at Ground Zero and the Javits Center, I see the goodness and, and the, the strength of people. I saw it work in co coordination with the attack and, and the loss. So I'm, I'm trusting that the more information I get out about this, the more help we're going to get. And so when you say um, 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 the Alliance, the Sweetheart Animal Alliance, we reach out, yes, I, I reach out to By the We, who is um, our oldest shelter in Manhattan. Yes, uh, there there. And when it term, in terms of getting uh, rescues from them or placing them or finding them and giving them to, I mean, they are, they are just swift. Their their staff is amazing. Their vets are there. It's just, I mean, it's just, they just they're uh, all around good shopping. And um, yes. So so I work with them. I was just there uh, a couple of days ago, and uh, and also Farm Sanctuary, which is uh, farm animals, and uh, you know helping uh, mm -hmm. fix their lives. Uh, so it's not. Uh, <clears throat> uh, as uh, nothing but pain and death, you know. So anyway, yes. um, oh, so there so are there are different, you know, there are different different uh, ways that we're helping. And you know, Cheryl, people don't realize that the dogs come back with PTSD. I mean, they're they're they've gone through the same battles and and noise and bombs and mines and effects. The effects on on them are similar you know we're we're very connected we're very bonded we're animals and they're animal animals we're human animals so uh, so um people people are learning about that that we have to care for them we are also learning how crucial it is to bring the two together uh i'm working i have worked with the marine corporal chris van etten chris uh lost both his legs in oh. afghanistan and uh, it, yes, it was um, a, a terrible thing to be sure, and uh, makes it all the more poignant what I'm going to tell you. He said it took him seven months to get his battle dog, his partner, back to the States to be with him. And he oh. said those seven months, those seven months were the most painful I endured waiting for Harley to come home to me. Oh, so that's he's saying that, I, of course, yes, yeah, so he's saying that in view of the pain he went through losing both legs. But he's incredible, as they are, these, these, these warriors of ours. Yes. He's, uh, he, he has since become a father. He, uh, and Harley now has been recycled. He's no longer <clears throat> a, a battle dog. He, he was a bomb dog. And uh, uh, he is now guarding the baby you know and he's oh, playing how he's, wonderful. You know, he's turned he's turned into a pet one of the pets and um uh, and that can be done that's what's part of the recycle experience when they come back where they're placed and there are a lot of vets stateside waiting for companion animals and help you know some vets who are um 
disabled who need that kind of help. And so anyway, uh, it's all, it's very, when it works, I tell you, when you come full circle, it's the most rewarding thing you can feel. Oh, well, <clears throat> to watch these, these yes. uh, yeah. and and it's and good for you that you're bringing this all to light too, and really helping to shine a light on um, the you know this the amazing work of these animals and bringing them together I'm, with, I'm, with our heroes, and they're both heroes, the canine heroes, heroes and the and the Absolutely. human heroes. So I'm, I'm working on I'm working on the second edition, which will contain paintings <gasps> I've done of some of the battle dogs that have oh, come back. So they're like wonderful. Yeah. So that's taken up a lot of my time and um, and but it's joyous. It's going to be a, a wonderful follow up book. Well, let's talk a little bit about about the book and your painting because mm -hmm. um, the their watercolors. There's it, the book is so incredibly beautiful. It really is because it's it's includes all these different animals. Some of the animals in the in the wild. And I read somewhere that you actually started painting at the age of eight. Is that true? You've been painting for a um, uh, six. Wow! <laughs> Did six. you have? Wow! That that's fabulous. So, <laughs> I never thought I would correct that. <laughs> yeah, I was six. The re you know, Cheryl, the reason I remember I was six is because, because my mother made a big deal of telling me the story. I was sketching and painting and doodling and, you know, like, like, like a kid uh, or most kids. I don't know. Most kids were out <laughs> playing. My mother was always telling me to go outside and play and I was at the drawing board. So uh, I saw uh, an ad in a comic book or wherever uh, for a, a talent contest, a drawing contest, and it had a little picture that said, draw me and send it in and enter the contest to win a prize, blah, blah, blah. So I begged my mother to send in my drawing and I won. So, <laughs> oh, so that's my, so great. <laughs> <laughs> so my mother told me she said you were only six so that's that's <laughs> how I remember um <laughs> so did you ever have any formal uh formal art training uh no <laughs> oh. no which is yeah which yes, makes it all the more astonishing yes. because I I look at the progress um I mean I'm I'm sure I don't I'm sure that was a stick figure it was not any great drawing that I won uh, a prize <laughs> with but but uh, I watch even over the years, the years as I started to, um, I dabbled uh, for a while in acrylic, but I really love uh, the immediacy of watercolor. I yeah. love that you have to work fast and I love, you know, it, it, there's a lot of things about it that I, I really like. And um, I've never done oils and I've never been trained, but I watch, I watch now the progress of, um, my work learning learning about lights and shadows on my own just you know just observing and developing sort of an artist's eye about right. things i was i was this is a funny story because it's i am an actor uh i was getting ready to prepare to play uh, eleanor roosevelt and um you know you you need wig and the, you know the things that help you get the look of eleanor clothing and so forth and I looked at her face 
And uh, I was going to wear uh, an appendage in my mouth, you know, the, the large teeth she had and right. the big smiles, then the big smile. So I, but I looked at her, I saw her eyebrows were thick and closer together than mine. And I, so I started painting her face on my face. And, and that's when I kind of realized that's how I was starting to see things through, through the eye of an artist. I saw colors differently. I saw colors, the hues and shades and tones. And it was all, it was not just green. It was an artist's concept that is, of green. That is, that is so interesting. I love that. And Isn't I that know funny? that. Uh, yes. And I know that a lot of artists actually say that watercolor, it, water coloring is one of the most difficult of, of all the, you know, all the, uh, the, the arts. Mediums. So, yeah. It, the it, mediums. Well, guess what it is, but you know what? I didn't know that. So I went ahead and <laughs> no anyway. told you, right. it's, No, it's like the bumblebee theory, the bumblebee, according to aeronautical statistics, the bumblebee shouldn't be able to fly the weight of the body, the, the breath <laughs> and, and span of the wings, but the bumblebee does not know this. Yes. So the bumblebee goes and flies. And I, I really believe in that theory. I think if you don't know something is difficult, <laughs> you, you just go and you do it. So uh, speaking back to Eleanor Roosevelt, she said, what needs to be done can usually be done. And I think there's something to that. When you need to do something, you must do something. You find a way somehow to do it. Yes. Because it's imperative. Uh, I feel that way about my humane work. That must be done. We must do that. We cannot continue as a society unless we take care of that. We must do that. We must, you know, so I, I, um, I was very moved um, by a picture I saw recently of this big burly former Marine. Uh, you can't say former. Once you're a Marine, you're a Marine. But right. anyway, a, re a retired Marine. He was sitting next to his uh, big service dog. And he was quoted, at night when the demons come, I'm not alone anymore. Well, uh, that, that, that just ripped me yeah, apart. Yeah, I just got goosebumps. What, what, yeah, what, those, what that bonding does, we owe both creatures, we owe, we owe both Marines. Uh, see, Harley is a Marine bomb dog. Ted's, they're called, technical right. explosive device, device dogs. And there's a there's a beautiful uh, organization called Justice for Ted's. I mean, they're just um, uh, there's awareness is building, and uh, we're getting there. We're going to keep on going. I've been an activist for so long that I can look back years and years where none of this was taken seriously. Not not the battle dogs, but none of the rescues or the right. or helping farm animals. None of this was taken seriously. We were we were um, looked upon as uh, bleeding hearts running around mm -hmm. in sneakers trying to save dogs or you know so uh but i i've seen the the tremendous progress macy's and bloomingdale's have announced they will not carry or sell fur that's amazing progress yes, that's incredible it is. progress it is um, well, and it's thanks and, to people like you who have really brought these issues to the forefront. Yeah. And, well, I'm I'm happy to report that over the years there are a lot of me, a lot of me. There are a lot of wonderful organizations, actors, and others for animals. Where I'm still first vice president, they're basically uh, in in LA based, and I try to fly in for meetings. But we still work together and communicate, and um, 
and do events together and so forth and so on. But um, actors and others whose main thrust is spay neutering. Uh, yes. We have to get ahead of the pet population. Uh, there are there are thousands of animals waiting for homes and, and you know, and they deserve our love and they were <clears throat> born for, through no fault of their own. We're, we're responsible. We have to take care of this. We need to do this. So Absolutely. anyway, um, <clears throat> We've come a long way, baby, as they say. Yeah, well, bravo for you. And uh, and it's so important, too, to encourage people to to adopt rescues because they're just, mm -hmm. they're wonderful. And, I, you know, I've, yeah. I, I, as I say, I have two of them, and I think they really... What are they? What know. what are your rescues? What one's are your babies? A, one's, are? A, one's a lab mix, uh, but uh -huh, mostly, he's mostly lab. And then we have this interesting dog. He's actually called a Carolina dog, and they've been traced back to being in in the Carolinas for 10,000 years and it's oh only, my word yes and it's only they're related to the American dingo and it's only relatively in the last few decades that they've actually um, been, um, been accepted as a breed yeah, and been, yeah, and been uh -huh. domesticated and they're yes. very funny, quirky little dogs. They're not for everyone because uh -huh. they're hyper and they're very aware of their sure. surroundings, but they're, well, they're just adorable. I just love them. Well, look at the Jack Russells. The Jack Russells, uh, I mean, you want to talk about hyper. Yes. Know? Oh, my gosh, uh, yes. Or, or, or poodles, <laughs> even, you know. But, um, yeah, each dog has its, um, its uh, trait. Yeah. yeah. But but um, they are all all very trainable. Very They communicate. I mean, I know I talk to my dog and cat. They, they absolutely understand English. I understand yes. cat and dog. Yes. It's know? so true. You learn what and, they're um, asking for. Yeah. I When I'm walking on the street, you know, New York is such a dog-loving city. Yes, it is. Lord, you know, one block you'll see four to five people walking their dogs. And extraordinary breeds and, you know, it's it's wonderful. But when a dog is walking towards me and makes eye contact, I slow down, and sure enough, that dog stops stops the uh, owner, and uh, they look at me and say, what? And I say, he wants to say hello, and <laughs> the dog will come over to me, wag a tail. She said, one, one of the ladies said, you know, how did you know that? I said, because she, she made eye contact with me. Yes. Yes. And and wanted to say hello. And so they usually look at me like, mm, this is a strange woman. You know? <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is somebody. Uh, no, I'm I'm. I'm your basic dog whisperer, animal, oh, animal whisperer. And they yeah. know, and uh, animals know people who, who, who like, who like them too. So I, I never oh, pick up on that. That's their whole, sure. their whole DNA. Yes, love they, me, love me. Yes, And exactly. I love you, I love you. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite saying in that regard is I want to grow up to be the, the person my animal thinks I am. <laughs> exactly. Because our animals think we do no wrong with that we're flawless, uh, I wish. And I you know, know, so it's a wonderful, but they give you uh, a good guideline, don't they? My, they do. my animal wouldn't like if I did this, so I'm not going to do it. Ah. <laughs> well, this is but, great. This is great. Now, I have to, because I have you on the phone, I have to talk to you a little bit about MASH. And of recent, recently, uh, I think it was in the spring, I'm a big fan of Alan Alda's uh, podcast, Clear and Vivid, and he oh, yes. had that fabulous <laughs> reunion show with all of you, and it was, it was so glorious, 
and you could just sense the the how the much fun we had and the fun. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. what? First of all, tell, what was it like working with that remarkable cast over the years? Because you can tell uh, well, you're still friends. It, it, uh, we're no, we're family. I yes. would say it uh, goes much far, far beyond beyond friendship. It's it's really family, or friendship of the highest kind, whatever. Um, and that was from day one, going through different different replacements as well. I I shudder to use that right. that word. Uh, no, but not one of the the gang who came in. Uh, replaced anybody they were they came in as their own character and that's what made the show one of the things that made the show so rich that the um, producers were wise enough to know that they weren't going to fill in uh, the same character they were going to bring in different juicy additions you know and uh and it, it gave everybody such a shot of adrenaline yeah uh, when a new when a new voice came in a new and uh, so the new adjustments made around that what's he going to be like what's the way you know and uh, that was remarkable but from from day one with all the changes uh we were bonded i think a lot of it had to do with the material i think loving and respecting right. what we were doing in the show the morality the um uh, everything about the show that we enjoy, that we liked, it was not only very funny, very entertaining, but it was very poignant, very touching, very enlightening. Uh, we tackled issues that I thought made a difference, um, and and we were unpredictable. Somebody tuning in to Mash didn't necessarily know that they were going to laugh all through the 22 minutes. They right. they didn't they they were not prepared for what we were going to do ever, you know, uh, we did that wonderful thing that Alan wrote dreams, uh, which was so touching and, and, um, real, uh, in its dreamlike offering. Every one of our characters had these dreams and it told you so much about what was going on inside each character. So, so the audience gets to know, the psyche of these people yes. they they're not just characters running around in uh in green drab and and oak leaves but we got to know the heart and soul of these people yeah, what, was, what what they were dreaming about what they right. were you know i remember that um, episode and i think but the, other the lovely thing, thing yeah, yeah. I, I was going to oh. say I, I think one of the the real well, a real testament to it is because it's still in syndication and it has really stood the test of time because it's not one of it doesn't feel dated it it's as relevant today I think as it as it was when it first ran and that's a real testament to uh, the script I, and absolutely the you know something um, people don't realize this mash has never been off the air. MASH went into syndication in year three, and it has never been off the air. So we just segued when, when, when after the finale, it just kept going. That Only it had, it had the backup years to, I know. And what happened was we became such a family with our audience. Generation after generation has passed along the family to right. their kids then now their grandkids in some cases their great grandkids it's a 47 
years, I think, or 48 years. I don't tell time like Hard that. Hard to but believe, I, right? <laughs> uh, uh, well, you know, I I just don't think in in those terms. Mm-hmm. Um, um, the why the producers, God, they were just tremendous. They knew. Uh, I kept learning more and more about us as individuals, as people. Well, that and you know, they wrote. Yeah, I was going to say one of the things I I really wanted to ask you too is about the is about Margaret because it's really such. Uh, you were really a, a role model for a for a lot of women and girls and. How did her? Boy, I'm care- thrilled to hear yes, that. I how, really am. You you were because you're. It was such a strong role, and a and a woman in a male environment too. And how mm-hmm. and how Margaret handled herself in a time where we didn't see a lot of those kinds of role models. Actually, so, I how, I'm not sure the word feminist was even coined. I, in, yeah, in, it may not have know. been. It certainly wasn't like it is today. So how did her? Uh-huh character evolve over the seasons and did you have any say in her development oh for sure that for sure that um uh it was like the first season or two uh larry gelbart uh said i i know you're pushing for more development and i understand that and so are we we're with you we're gonna you know hang in there with us and i said i ain't going anywhere this is great i'm gonna you know um but uh, it uh, continued to get better and better as our communication um, increased. And I was in uh, New York doing a play during the hiatus. And they, the boys, I called them. They loved it, <laughs> the boys. So all the boys called me on a um, line, a fog conference call, and said, okay, we're on hiatus, and we're writing madly and planning madly. And, how do you see her development? Where, what, where are we going with Margaret? Blah blah blah. So, I said, this affair with Frank has got to uh, see an end because there's she's you're writing her brighter. She is more intelligent. Mm-hmm. She's a better nurse than he'll ever be a doctor. There's nothing to connect them. He's a ninny, so you can't even say <laughs> great sex. You can't you can't say she admires him as a doc. You can't. There's nothing holding these two characters together except fun and games, and that's not enough for me because they'll turn into cardboard if all it is is jokes, you know. So um, I said I really feel she needs to break off with Frank. She'd send her to Japan for R and R. Let her meet somebody who outranks Frank, not a doctor. Let her fall in love and get engaged. And when she comes back to 4077, she's going to make this big announcement. And I said, can you see Linville? He's going to tear the, the doors off the mess tent, which is exactly what they had him do. Yeah. So it, 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 <laughs> it really fed the comedy tremendously. But at the same time, it pushed her uh, further ahead in the right direction. Absolutely. And, uh, that was but brilliant. But then Jean, Jean Reynolds said, um, well, then what? I said, well, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're going to come up with a couple of ideas of, of, of uh, what happens when during my engagement, because <clears throat> he's not there and he's in Tokyo, whatever. So uh, I said, then I think they should get married. And Jean Reynolds said, oh, sweetheart, that's so permanent. And I said, Jean, you're divorced. How can you say that? You know? So he said, oh, so you're saying she should get divorced. So I said, yeah, let's let's have her find out that he's been disloyal. And, uh, you know, um, 
get her out of that marriage. And then she's on the loose again. She's uh, back in town. In fact, when they wrote the episode where my divorce is final, they call the episode Margaret's back in town. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, she came to show uh, in through her realization, a young female mind saw that you didn't need anyone to complete your your life complete yourself you you had you were rich with your work your ambition your thoughts your values and so forth and you didn't need an emphasis on the need because uh, i'm not putting the knock on relationships and right. marriage and so forth but you didn't need you didn't have a desperate need to have another human being in your life to complete yourself you were in fact quite complete and um bravo yeah and as as um uh, uh, hannah gadsby would say i'm always in my prime and she was i think uh, margaret was always in her prime and she just kept growing and uh i just i loved her i loved the character i loved her um sensitivity and and her her caring her caring about the patients about the nurses uh about her family she she so longed to have approval from her father from the nurses from the doctors right. and so forth so so um and she worked very hard at it and i think in the final analysis she realized she was the one who needed to approve of herself there's yes. there's this one of my one of my favorite moments was when she held up a drink <laughs> in her tent she had just thrown out this soldier who wanted her in chains and him in command uh, <clears throat> i don't know if you remember the episode he uh, was awol he wasn't an officer but she was very attracted to him and she was trying to be the woman that could maybe work with this uh, impossible situation. And then he revealed himself during this scene of what he wanted and what he needed. So she said, no, go catch a cab and get out of town. <laughs> and so she, <laughs> in other words, <laughs> but <clears throat> she poured herself a drink, held it up and said, here's to me. Oh, and I love that. yeah, she gave herself a toast. And I think that's what was, really good about her she was brave she was she never stopped trying to be the best she could be that's what i most admired about her she never stopped trying to be the best she could be well you know those messages were so so positive then and really influenced i think so so many women in my generation who watched it as i we cannot were... tell you how many yes male, how many pieces of mail i get who say they became nurses oh Actually, i'm I, sure I affected somebody's life in this positive incredible yes, way you absolutely yeah, I, did I, and the and the great thing is all of these messages are still so important today and they're so important messages Everything you just said for young girls yeah, growing yeah. up today needs that, to hear that too, that you that, are enough. Yeah. And that's let me tell you, I keep giving legacy. them, giving those messages. I turned down two things. Um, one was a television movie. Another one was what? I think the other one was 
part of a series or or, or mini series, whatever. And the, the the my agent just went back and said she can't portray people like you've written. You know, she, these are not these are not um, the kind of people, uh, the women that she that she plays. And one of, one of my favorite reviews which stuck in my head was uh, Swit can never be accused of playing shying, shy violets, shying violets. Like that. like it. <laughs> no, that's true. But I, I thought of something that Gary Cooper once said, I read in an interview uh, that he gave, um, or somebody gave an interview about him. I think that's what it is. Yeah, that's what it was. And uh, they, uh, they, uh, he was going to do a movie for them. And um, maybe it was it was either the director, or the producer, and um, he said, um, "We're um, we'll we'll send over the script as soon as it's finished." And he and Coop said, "No, don't bother. Just make sure I'm the hero." And <laughs> when I remember reading that and understanding totally what he meant. Yes. And he wasn't saying it like I want to play the good guy or what. He knew that that was how his how his DNA called for that. You know, he this is what he played. It was um, integral to his persona. He was Gary Cooper, but in just basically his whole drive led the audience to that place. Yes. That makes so um, much sense to me. Uh, yeah, and, and you're yeah. and you're obviously a fabulous actress, but your own personal compassion and caring, which we've just heard about as you talk about the animals, obviously came through in Margaret. And you can't you can't fake that. So that is that they, is who, you know I they think wrote, that is who you are. You know that compassion they wrote, and caring they wrote is a, so real. They wrote a, a, an episode about that because they knew that about me about Loretta and and uh so much Loretta is in Margaret it has to yes, be because yes. Loretta's playing her um they had an episode where the camp dog you see me sneaking food to the camp dog and um I'm in the mess tent and somebody's talking the the benches behind me and uh I hear that the camp dog was just hit by a jeep uh, and um, we see what happens to her. And uh, we also, uh, uh, Alan, uh, or uh, Alan's character, uh, Hawkeye, sees that I'm upset at the news, and I, I push the food away, and I, I leave the mess tent, and I try to hurry to my tent because Margaret always had this fear of showing her vulnerability mm -hmm. because because she was supposed to be a strong, tough iron major. And, and she felt if she let down on that, she wouldn't have control of her job, the nurses and do good and so forth. So um, he runs after me to, to forestall any trauma. And when he gets into my tent, I'm, over, I'm already having a, a breakdown, you know, and he's holding me. And I, but the things that, that come out there when she says, what's wrong with me? 
I, I live with death every day. I see people dying every day and I'm dying over the death of that little dog. You know, it was, uh, it, it told you the release. She had to have this release and, yes. uh, but in private and, uh, you know, but that, that was what was so wonderful. The writing and and their insight into uh you know gary played the drums and they found that out we had a show you know uh it, everything was um bill christopher i mean you talk about casting i used to joke to bill that i thought he brought a lot of people back to the church you know and he, <laughs> you know it just they they took his his kind of holiness his kind of sanctity yes. very seriously there was something so overwhelmingly good in his character, Bill's character as a person, Bill Christopher, just was such a good, loving, warm human being. And it shone through playing Father Mulcahy. You know, it was just, uh, and that I, um, he, he, he always played the character as a human being you know, who would possibly curse if he, right. if he had to, you know. Well, it <laughs> and, was just, um, it was perfection, everything about it. Yeah. And it's just, the such casting, a, yeah. the, it's the, such the, a wonderful, lasting, lasting legacy. And we're just so all grateful that, uh, that we've had mash in our That it's lives. still around. Yeah. And it's still that there it's still, in a while. I mean, yeah, I still, yeah. I still watch it a couple of times a week and, and I'm and I'm right back engaged and involved with it again. So it, it, it's uh, newsflash. Really newsflash. I read the script. I came in. I rehearsed the script. I shot the script. I went to dailies and then I watched a first cotton. Then I watched it on the air, and I still watch it occasionally because uh, the memories, the um, uh, and also. Years later, I look at the work in a different way, and I sometimes I'll call one of the guys, you know, and say to Jamie, "Jamie, you were so funny. I wet myself. I, mean, I just <laughs> fell off. I fell off the chair watching this episode, and we laugh. And you know, um, it was an extraordinarily real experience. And um, I remember Alan uh, gave us all this gorgeous book of medicine for one Christmas. Beautiful, big book. And um, in in mine, he wrote, aren't we lucky to be us? Uh. And the lovely thing I can say is for 11 seasons, we knew, uh, well, Alan and I were there 11 years, but, but I mean, uh, the the characters the the actors playing those characters were aware of how special this was happening going on it's a, you're not looking back in retrospect saying gee wasn't that wonderful no every day i really felt that that tingle that you know this is something so extraordinary so special that we should be sitting there in a group having so much fun loving each other loving what we were doing and being so satisfied and pleased and and get and having it affect the world it was like global i get i get um i get fan mail from russia 
I get fan mail from a lot from Germany, a lot of fan mail from Germany. And uh, but but from all over the world, the UK always that we were a hit immediately in the English speaking countries. And um, France took a little bit of a while, <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, I, you know, it, it uh, was a tremendous, uh, Wayne Rogers said to me once, he said, you know, uh, I keep, people see me and recognize me. They say, keep up the good work. He said, I'm starting to feel like I'm on a football team or something. <laughs> I said, I think we are, you know, but we certainly were a team. We certainly were a team. But um, and it's it's so special that you were all what you just said about being able to appreciate recognize at, at that, the time. Know that that's doesn't right. happen a lot of life. Yes, that's I, very that's special. True. That is true. Um, that is true. Well, Loretta Swift, so. I cannot tell you how extraordinary what a wonderful conversation this has been and it's just been just oh. a personal joy for me to have you on our show. Thank and you. Thank you. You have you have you've all left an amazing legacy with 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 mash obviously but what you are doing now around the animal rescue uh in the animal rescue world is so important and it's so terrific that you are doing this work so i on behalf of all of us i thank you so much and if people oh, want to well. If people want to I want learn to say, more, join me. <laughs> yes, they can go to sweetheart.org, right, and find out that how to is support correct. you. And when, is, and when will your new book come out? Oh, next year. Oh, I, I that'll was be hoping, great. <laughs> I was hoping before the end of the year, but that's a, a pipe dream. Uh, oh. But but it's it's it's. I have already, um, I think, 20 new paintings, and oh, I also have things. I can't wait things. to see those. So, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Okay, well, thank you, Cheryl. Well, we'll talk again when the book comes oh, out. Oh, okay? I hope so. Absolutely. It's an honor and a privilege, so I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. You're a delight. And you're a, God and you're bless. A Enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye for now.